0: Hey there, it's Kim Doyle, and welcome to my show, where digital marketing meets real stories, experiences, and strategies. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look at what's working and not working in my business, as well as other experts who show up and share their stories. As much as I love talking about tangible marketing principles and tactics, we'll dig a little deeper with mindset and explore what's required to create a business you love on your terms that also supports your life. I want to help you understand the why behind the how. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just dipping your toes in, remember, marketing is a journey and the goal is to enjoy it. My desire is to guide you on your journey and remind you that no matter what life throws at you, you've got this. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. Uh, it's been a while since I've done, a, I was going to say live interview, but it's live for us, so we'll go ahead and run with that. And I'm excited because I think this conversation is going to go... In directions that neither of us are really aware of, but it's gonna be really fun. My guest today is Addison Best. So, first of all, Addison, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank
1: you for having me, Kim. It's. I think we talked about a little bit before this started. I haven't spoken to anybody, in I feel like a decade. I used to have an English learning podcast with my brother, but that was all audio. Now I am just looking in my camera, and I feel like a deer in headlights. And I am just kind of like, <laughs> oh, wait, this is how I look, and I am kind of freaked out. But I am gonna try to calm down and carry on, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, you know, what's funny is it's almost like, because I want to do the eye contact thing. I'm like, well, I'll just go ahead and look at the camera and not worry about seeing myself or whatever. But um, yeah, no, this is going to be fun. Because first of all, for a little backstory about, you know, Addison and reached out to me. And this just goes to show you guys in the fall, and I was not getting the notifications from Gravity Forms. So it was like, Oh, my God, I've missed all these contacts. (laughs) So he is very patiently, you know, bid with me with that. So, um, But before we get into a lot of the meat of what we want to talk about, which we're going to kind of go down this AI and, and the impact it has on content and email, I love the backstory, Addison. So if you could share your backstory with the listeners, that would be great. Well, it's
1: funny. Yeah. I've been sending Kim random emails that are kind of rants recently. So I didn't even know if she was getting it or if she thought this guy's a bit nuts or whatever she was thinking. But I do it anyway because I'm trying to get back to my roots and being authentic. And just having fun with different people and thinking and hoping that maybe they feel the same kind of thing. Um, Specifically, my backstory, I guess, was in 2003 or so, I graduated university in Canada. And I went to visit my older brother in China. And I ended up staying for 14 years. That's the short end of the story. And then, of course, I got into a bunch of digital marketing and things since being there. And now a couple decades later here I am.
0: Okay, so I just have to unpack a couple things. First of all, are can you speak fluent Chinese now, I'm assuming? I wouldn't
1: say fluent. I lived in Shanghai, but of course you need to speak at a certain level to get by and nobody like taxi drivers which you take everywhere don't speak English and stuff like that. You have to My wife is Chinese. Um I moved back to Canada 5 years ago or so. And of course, I have to speak to some level of Chinese and uh, yeah. and But I think also, if I knew I was going to be there for 14 years, I would have learned it even more. It was almost like I kept extending my stay for 14 years and somehow I ended <laughs> up staying for 14 years. You know what I mean? It wasn't a plan, yeah. if that makes any yeah. sense.
0: No, it totally does. Well, you know, after almost two years in Costa Rica, I am... I not fluent in Spanish, but I've decided to move back and I'm like, girl, come on. And the the tough thing there is that everybody, not everybody, but most people speak English. And then of course you have Google Translate now. So you can speak to, you know, people that you need to. But anyways, um, God, what incredible experience though. I, I just you got into digital marketing then and at in the early stages, right? So it looked really different when you were getting started compared to now. And I always tell people I'm like, on one hand, I feel like it was easier because there wasn't as much competition. On the other hand, to get up and running, you can do it quickly today. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on having been through that, A, in a foreign country, and B, just this whole, like, let's just see where this takes us?
1: Well, yeah. As I said, uh, I was in China. I didn't really know what I was going to do. The first venture I did in digital marketing was create an English Learning podcast with my brother in China, and part of the reason we did that, there was a super popular one uh, for Chinese learning in our city, in Shanghai, and we just thought, oh, we, why don't we do that? We went even to their studio, we saw what equipment they had, and we're like, whatever, we can buy a few microphones and just put up a podcast. And then, of course, you think, once you have a podcast, you're going to make a website and try to monetize it in some way after that. And so we just kind of Mm -hmm. dove into it, not thinking about it, which was great, I think, and a good attitude to have. Um, I learned a lot, I think, from doing that. And I actually, to be honest, I'm trying to get back more in that mentality now. So, you know, looking back what I did, I actually think I was on the right track in a lot of ways. Well,
0: we talked a little bit before. So, and and this is something that is super near and dear to my heart. And that is just kind of ignorance is bliss, but also not being so concerned about, you know, anything external, you just put it out there and you publish and you see what works, you know, so if you could talk a little bit about what's brought you back to that place of why do I care so much now, like, you know, and shifting back, because honestly, I think with where with where everything is today there's so many you know this is what you need for a brand this is what you should do on this channel this is what you should do on that channel i think people are just sick of it like there is a little bit of there's market maturity so people can like people can see a launch coming a mile away right versus like just genuinely connecting and and going back to roots and and having fun and testing stuff out so um I just would love for you to go a little bit deeper into your own thoughts and realization of where that guy go?
1: Well, yeah, I mentioned that a little bit before the show and I just uh, went on YouTube. We had a, an English learning podcast. So at that time there wasn't even really YouTube. So that was a video that I saw later, but it was entitled Saturday Night Drinks. And I just, I had a vo- vodka Red Bull with my brother on a couch and we talked about some English learning material for slang spoken English. And I mean, I obviously didn't give a shit about what people thought. It didn't even make any sense, but I read the comments and they were amazing. People loved it. And then I think now the vanilla stuff I'm like putting out there and I'm thinking, why am I doing that? And certainly nobody cares about it if you go down too far in that mentality. Um, But at Mm -hmm. the same time, when you get older and uh, certainly you have more of a professional, maybe a brand, you might, Kind of revert back and think, oh, now I have I can't say this and I have to act in a certain way. But I think that's horseshit to be honest, and that's why I want to get back into being a real person and having a real following, if if I can. We'll see. Maybe I'm a dinosaur and I'm just gonna like <laughs> fall on my face. Like I don't care. That's the thing now either, and yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. pretend like I do. So a that's, dinosaur. That's, I think I'm probably where... about
0: t- ten years older than you. Sorry to interrupt. um There might be a bit of a delay here, but. I feel like people are craving that, though, Addison. I think people are, you know, it's like, we're, when it comes down to it, and I keep quoting Dr. Seuss, but it's like, no one is you than you. And, like, we are the only differentiator, especially with AI. Like, you know, you can create massive amounts of, of content, and it's a race to the bottom. So if you want to differentiate yourself then of course you need to be uniquely yourself, right?
1: Exactly. And what I realized, I like the simplicity as, as you mentioned before, back then as well, there weren't so many tools. There weren't all these social media platforms. You could build a simple HTML website or like a simple WordPress one. We had a simple email box collector. We made partnerships with real people and we mm-hmm. were collecting hundreds of emails a day from all opt-ins. And like, I made my own email server and I just kind of went with it. And we were sending out hundreds of thousands of emails to people. And it was that kind of mentality. Well, what's wrong with that? And the answer is nothing. I mean, that's, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. If, if you just have a simple strategy building, uh, collecting emails, emailing that group, selling them something else, and then giving them the content that they want as well. And then reaching out to people and making partnerships. And if that's all you do, I mean, you don't really have to do much else. And there's nothing to think about.
0: Well, completely, especially today where you look at, you know, organic social, it's like, I don't want to spend that much time to master a specific platform. At the same time, like, it's still, I mean, it, my brand's been around for a while now. So it's it still obviously drives traffic. But a perfect scenario for me would be creating content. And then I have no problem with paid traffic, like getting a really solid paid traffic strategy down. And I just get to create and connect with people I like. And then the traffic <laughs> engine is running, you know, like, oh, God, I do not want to spend all day mastering Twitter templates or X or whatever the hell he's calling it. Um, so, okay, I w- want to pivot to some of the, the content that we want to get into. Um, but before we do that, I would love to hear just one of the things with the backstory piece that I think is fascinating is the pivots and and kind of trajectory. So I would love to hear kind of your journey, like you sent me some dates and steps along the way, because it wasn't just, oh, I just launched this, this English, you know, learning channel podcast, you know, and that blew up. It was you you definitely had some, you know, your own path there so if you could share a little bit about that that'd be awesome
1: right so I, it's not like i've only done that that was my first start into internet marketing and just you know, doing stuff online since then i've done a lot of uh, consulting and you know working on different startups even and just different projects one of the things i own a health supplement brand i sell physical products i sell millions of dollars a year in that and even eight years ago or so in china kind of at the end of my time there, I started making Shopify apps with a friend and we had about eight apps and they started getting a bit of traction, but then, you know, through some personal issues, um, and some other reasons we ended that. And I'm kind of going back into a similar thing, which was slide, was created then, and that's my, I made an AI ebook creator software marketing funnel platform recently, and I kind of want to go back and do the things I was doing then, but do it in a way that makes sense for 2024 as opposed to 2016, and I mm-hmm. learned a lot from doing that, and I made a lot of mistakes, so basically I want to not do those anymore, hopefully.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, not to get super personal, but like, what would you do differently, right? And, and what does it mean to do things differently today? Well, I'll
1: give you an example. We had, I think, eight apps. And again, I like collecting emails. So part of the reason some of them were freemium, we collected a lot of emails every day, we didn't have to pay a lot for advertising. And that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And we started doing too many integrations with the platform. And so, what happens when you do that is themes and other things start breaking, and then your apps don't work anymore. And then you create a bunch of headaches. So, it sounds like a good idea to listen to your users and give them whatever they want. But what ends, what ends up happening, especially in a small team, is you got shitty software and nobody wants it. And then you're just like, why am I even bother doing this anymore? And then, on a personal level, my business partner was going through a divorce. And, it, and I was getting ready. I was busy with other projects and moving back to Canada at that point. So it's just kind of fizzled out. And that's the main yeah. reason what happened. But I mean, nothing, nothing earth, earth shattering that happened. But it's just like, I don't want to, I want a simple solution now. I don't want to waste my time dealing with all this horseshit either. So like I'm trying to go back to like, and that's what I was saying. The English learning strategy was simple. We collected a lot of emails. We sent emails. We made partnerships, and we made a podcast. That's all we did, and it <laughs> yeah, kind of worked. Yeah. So,
0: well, it's so going it's funny, more I do into this,
1: that. Yeah.
0: You I was just going to say, I have a kind of a mini mastermind with some friends, and I emailed them yesterday. I'm like, "All right, you guys," I said. My focus on on, on simplifying. I want to simplify, meaning whether just cuz i've created it doesn't mean me and i need to keep selling it i don't need to use this tool do i need that tool whatever because and maybe it's a stage of life for me but i'm like i want more free time i want what i'm doing to afford me more free time as well as it's a whole lot easier to grow one or two things versus 10 or 15 <laughs> with focus right
1: absolutely it gets confusing you start uh thinking about you know why am i not doing this and then you look at your week and it's like did i even make anything i didn't even make any content this week i didn't produce Mm -hmm. anything i didn't collect any emails but you felt like you were busy the whole week you can have that you can just feel like anxiety (laughs) and feel feel terrible the whole week and it's like wait a minute it's friday and did i do anything the answer is often no I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be caught in that trap and just feeling kind of just, I don't know, residual guilt and like angst. And like, why am I not doing this? I just don't want to feel that way. And that's partly why Mm -hmm. I want to simplify it as well. It's not necessarily to make the most money. It's like, I don't want to shoot myself in the head at the end of the week.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that that feeling then all of a sudden, when you look at the end of the week, and you're like, I didn't produce anything, or you know, you took care of stuff. It's like. Then I start feeling like I'm behind. And I don't want that. I'm I'm not you're you're never done in this space. There's always gonna be more to do. And I don't want to feel like, oh my God, now now I've got it. I have to work this weekend to get this done because I didn't do this. And I don't know. Like part of why I love what I do is because I can take the dog for a walk in the afternoon or, you know, when I'm in a warmer climate, I can go hang out in the pool and read a book for a little bit, like walk. I those are the things that I want to do. And so It's, it's, I've always said this, there's a big difference between productivity and activity and activity can take over pretty quickly if you're not super diligent about your time, you know? So I totally got that.
1: No, absolutely. And, and I find sometimes you focus, or I I focus sometimes too much about pleasing algorithms and things that I don't want to be pleasing. And I don't give a shit Mm -hmm. what Google thinks. And I don't think what care what Amazon thinks sometimes, you end up sometimes it's working well and you think this is great. And then something shitty happens. Like you lose all your traffic randomly overnight with SEO or something like that. And you get so stressed. So at least if you're building an email list and partnerships, you're not going to lose that part of your business, you know, and you can keep Mm -hmm. some level of sanity and that's, that's part of it. And I think that part seems to be getting worse in my feeling and just dealing with big companies And they're always changing the rules and like changing things. Like now you got to pay for this and that, and this doesn't work and Mm -hmm. you have to act this way. You're not allowed to say this or that. And it's like, sorry guys, I'm going to do it anyway. So just, I'm tired of listening to it. And so that's part. I
0: totally agree. Yeah. Well, it's like, I've kind of been ranty about, I don't know when I was a WordPress chick, WordPress content was very easy to rank for. It was like 2008 to 18 or whatever. And it was like, it was, it was, I didn't even try and I was able to get pulled on page one of certain things, but it was like the last thing I want to do is keyword research. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. And it's like, and then when I found myself feeling like I needed to write content or create content based on keywords or appeasing, you know, search, search engines or using certain types of templates on, on this platform, because that's what someone else did. It's like all creativity went out the window. And I was like, I I don't want to do this. It's not fun. I'm not enjoying it. So um, before we uh, get in, I know I keep saying this before, but so lead slide, tell me why you decided to launch this and go a little bit more in detail if you don't mind as to what it is and maybe who it's for.
1: Okay. So. Currently, it's a very generic platform, I'd say. It has an ebook uh, creator, which you can use AI tools and, like, it's basically ChatGPT API to help you write the ebook. Now, I'm hoping people won't use it in that way. It's more to give suggestions and make an ebook easily. But it also has a marketing funnel aspect where you can make a landing page, um, make an email pop up, and send an email without other third party tools. So essentially you can build an ebook and market it to your audience and collect emails without needing anything else. And that's what it is currently, but it's mm-hmm. very generic, so I need I'm just starting it. So like basically I want beta testers and then I'm going to build specific stuff. Like for Shopify for example, it'll be more catered to, catered to products and people that sell physical stuff. WordPress, I just made, I launched a plugin. It'll be more, well, it'll be more depending on what people want, I guess, and what they're doing yeah. with their business. So yeah. we'll see what um, it is. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, I'm making it it's super cheap at the moment. I'm admitting it's not done. It's $9 a month at the moment. It's an arbitrary price. If you want to sign up, I'll actually work with you and try to make you more stuff and my consulting would be a lot more than that. So it's probably a good deal if you have any interest in, you're not using something similar. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it's great. And which this is an awesome pivot and it's just lead Correct. So that way anybody listening. And but, of course I'll have the link in the show notes. No, exactly. And
1: what, What I also want to do, and I just with my brother, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Again, I did English learning before my brother and I just launched a course on Udemy for prompt engineering. I'm getting more into AI Mm. and just exploring what it can do. I want to do just a bunch of new stuff and trying different platforms again in 2024. Do I know what I'm doing exactly? 100% I do not. And I'll see what where that takes me and I think lead slide will eventually learn into more uh, courses and I also feel there'll be an element of collaboration I could see for example like you you build courses is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah Um, well I could see more doing collaboration and collaborative courses with people building kind of not sharing lists exactly but maybe I could put it on a funnel on your website and we exchange it somehow and create content (laughs) together. I I see there being more of collaboration in the future with all this AI stuff happening. And I want to make real connections with real people and doing, I don't know exactly. I'm not exactly there yet, but I I feel some things going on these podcasts. I'm guessing talking to more people, I'll eventually have more ideas of what it'll end up being. But I think when you have a base platform, if you have a page builder, you have, you know, an email collecting tool, you have a, an ebook creator, you can you know, turn it into something more specific um, based on that. And that's what I'm excited about. So we have a generic thing at the moment and now we're going to turn it into something cool. Do I know what that'll be? No, I don't. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at.
0: Which is, makes it way more fun. And as you were talking about the collaboration piece, um, <clears throat> I don't know what your thoughts are on this. And I have a friend that is a, email marketing ninja. He does all the segmentation, Jason Resnick. And and it, so we talk about email and stuff. I kind of tend to focus more on the content of email. But when you're talking about collaboration, what I love about that is because we both have very strong opinions <clears throat> about all these... Sorry, it's so dry here. Who would have thought? I just forgot California could be this dry. But um, that all these referral programs... Personally, and I'll just go on the record, I think they're crap. I don't think they serve the creators in any way, other than it's like the email vanity metric. And, or if if you're looking at, look, I want to grow like a newsletter as a media company, and I just want sponsorships who are just paying attention to just numbers, where at a certain point it's not going to work either because they're going to expect more of a return on their investment just because you have a big list, you know, doesn't mean anything. But it's to me, these referral programs, like initially when they started out and they were say at the bottom of an email, and it's like you could earn rewards for sharing. And that was just you sharing directly to your audience and with your subscribers, maybe. But these like, hey, thanks for opting in. Here's 10 more things select yes. It's like, there's no context, there's no relationship building. And even the best follow up sequence, there's no initial connection at the point of saying yes. So they're, I don't care how good your emails are, they might just be like, Oh, what is this? I forgot or, eh, you know, there, there's no reason for them to opt in other than they were shoved your newsletter or email list in their face. So the fact that you're thinking in terms of genuine connections and collaborations I couldn't agree more
1: yeah and it's hard to know exactly how that'll work I just know that it is too generic at the moment and I know mm-hmm. and I have felt uh, one of the things I did with my English learning website a, a long time ago is I actually put it was hard to put an email box in your website a long time ago actually so a lot of people had a website and I'm like I know they get a lot of traffic and I'm like how about I put my box on your website and I'll give you an affiliate uh-huh. commission. So I made an actual deal like that. So I still think there's opportunities for that kind of thing and real mm-hmm. connections. Um, again, and I, I think, and as you said, affiliate programs and referrals are way too generic and I don't, I think there's some way to collaborate. And I, I think the key is for me to actually connect with real people and then I can mm-hmm. turn it into a software product and figure out what that is. I think if you don't do that, I'm not. I'm going to be out of touch with what it means to do that. I'm not just going to yeah. build a tool. Uh, basically, I'll build it for myself. At least I'll use it, and I'll be the user. Maybe <laughs> yeah. only one user at worst. <laughs> so maybe I'll go down that direction.
0: Yeah, but I, I just all I you know I think the point is just that I think that getting back to your point of real people, real connections, and actual collaborations. Like I would rather send a solo email for somebody whose newsletter I love and recommend and have a connection to their content than forcing a bunch of opt-ins after somebody opts in on my stuff. It just feels like, I don't know. I don't know what money grab is quite, quite the right word, but there's this like, oh, this works blindly. And I'm like, what happens? Your subscribers go up, down, up, down up down because i pay attention to who leaves it's either people from like a 2017 import when i was wordpress chick, or it's 90 percent are the referral network so you know food for thought let's pivot into ai because i am super <laughs> excited about this conversation um and let's just see okay. where it goes addison because i know you're talking about kind of the impact of ai on content and email so let's just uh-huh. i don't know let's just see where this goes what are your thoughts
1: Okay, well, first of all, I've been getting so much spam recently and they're supposed to it's obviously AI-driven emails and collecting them and they're trying to be clever. It's like, "Oh, hey username. Oh no, I'm just joking. I'm a real person and I saw your business. Hey, your business and lead slide, you know, you're doing great stuff over there." And it's like, "That's not, you know, that's not a that's not going to help. You're not going to build a connection with that kind of Mm -hmm. intro email and there's more and more of that and it's better than it used to be but it's it's not obviously it wasn't a real contact um for example like i contacted you directly and i sent you some weird follow-ups but very related you knew i was a real person by doing that and i think you need to so i think For me, AI, I could see in that context being more of it shows you who to contact. It shows like, oh, you could contact Kim Doyle. She does this and this. And I could at least write an email based on that and saying, I want to go on your show or whatever. I think I'd get much better response if I at least thought about who you were as a person and how to, like, I could read it for a minute. You know what I mean? Like had some sort of interaction. I feel like it's like a used car salesman, almost like it's like if I said, oh, Kim, Oh, my mom's name is Kim. And then I just went into a rant about something. (laughs) It's like, it's just so ridiculous. And I find it's that cheesy, almost a lot of it. But that's just for the outreach part. With
0: the outreach, it's funny because I can't, I get pitched for, oh, like podcast people who pitch for a speaker. Right. And they're like, Oh, I love what you're doing. And I loved this episode. I'm like, you dropped a link in. Like, so there is still humans that, that behave as robots also. Um, but you know, there, there's, um, and I, I think the other piece of that is AI will be generating, you know, more templated type emails to begin with. So it's like, they may, it may be a person sending it, but it's still generated and, and plugged in by, um, you know, by AI. Um, so, so that's the outreach piece what about the the creation piece? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Right. Okay. Um, for like SEO or something, I'm seeing a lot of people like, Oh, create 300 WordPress articles with a single click. I mean, okay, great. You made this, these shitty articles in a niche. And I guess maybe you even get some traffic with them. I think ultimately it's going to go down to zero. Even back mm-hmm. in 2008, I had a website called speak fluent English and it was, it was one of those classic niche sites where you collect, um, you write in your three word, uh, niche, uh, URL, you write like how to speak English fluently and all this stuff. And we had relevant content in an email collector, but, um, we got slapped in Google massively. We were collecting hundreds of emails a day down to zero because it, it in all honesty, it was fairly spammy. And I think that it'll be that all over again to a larger extent. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're creating generic crap, which really AI is, it copies work and makes it very vanilla, which is, I think it's good for, um, setting up, um, like, um, templates of what you should write and headings and giving you ideas, but Mm -hmm. actually write everything and create everything. I don't well, I certainly don't think it's there at this point. And once it becomes that, um, I don't I don't think I'll be creating any content anyway. So it doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it it's interesting because I've tested some of those article things and it was like I was an I jumped into Jasper early on, which it's so much just AI in general is so much better. Um, I just use ChatGPT. I have some other tools, but you know, I've tested some of those and I'm like, how are these? any of these going to stay in business? Cause it's such garbage formatted keyword stuff. Like it's weird to me. And so the sad thing is it's like you have people cause there's people starting every day, right? Like starting side hustles and wanting to get going every day. And of course, you know, the joke that marketers ruin everything. It's like this hype of using easy, fast, quick, whatever, like none of this. I'm 16 years into this. And I feel like I finally am really clear on what I want to do. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, it's sad because it preys on people who don't have the skill set just yet. And then I think there are people that just think it's a fast path to cash also. Um, you know, so but what what's a bummer to me that people miss is I'm like, if you take the time to work with these things, I mean, like I could be working on one thing and three hours later with Chat GPT, I've created all this stuff because it's contextual. And for me, it's not content I published, but it's marketing or frameworks or getting clarity about an idea. And then I go back and forth. I call it chatty, and so we just go back and forth and I I use things like good morning, because it's fun for me. And I want it to be fun. But, you know, that's where I think the magic can happen with some of this stuff. And then you take it out and say, how would I say that? Or, you know, sometimes it's kind of like waiting to edit something for 24 hours, then go back and look at what you've created. And does this sound like you or does it resonate with you? However, that looks so, you know, what are your thoughts on using it from that perspective?
1: Um, oh, a hundred percent. And I do it for making templates, even saying like, give me five relevant links or, or what do you think about this article? You can feed it in and just say like, do you know, am I missing anything? And sometimes the ideas are terrible, but like they might, oh, like I didn't think about that and treat it Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, like an assistant or a person. I I, I use it more as a tool, like Photoshop or something like that. I think it's one it could help you with one, uh, solving one uh, part of the problem. One thing that I'm loving it for personally is because I'm kind of a coding dabbler too and I have a software business. So that is where it's very helpful for in getting better every day. So not mm-hmm. the content part. So the AI, so you'll be able to build more tools faster. And that part that part of it to me is interesting. So not just the content creation, the actual creation of, tools that you might use and even internal ones that might save you a lot of time for your business. And that's how I'll be using it more. Um, Mm -hmm. The content creation will be, I mean, that'll be an ongoing thing of, um, you know, helping you write stuff, setting it up and getting it to edit some certain things and giving you suggestions, but not of course, creating everything. Uh, And that's the content creation part is the danger of just blindly letting it write everything because obviously, mm-hmm. it's just copying everything, too. It's not, they're not unique thoughts. And a lot of times, not, they don't even make any sense, to be honest. But
0: well, no, they don't. Or, you know, like chat GPT is infamous for like, phrase, colon phrase. And it's like, that's a horrible <laughs> headline. But, but I like to use it for the, like I was saying, like really digging into an idea that I have to flesh it out. And sometimes I'll start with, this is what I want to accomplish. What do you need from me to help you give me these results. And then it's like target audience, all these things. So that's all me. That's all my context that I have to feed it. But it's helping me refine an idea, you know, and I've started playing around with custom GPTs. And the one thing I regret (laughs) not doing with the first one, there's this um, 12 point sales page framework by David Fry. It's a PDF on the internet. And that's kind of my guide when I write sales pages. So I thought, I'm gonna see if I can do a custom GPT with this. And what was fascinating was what chat GPT needed from me in order to create the custom GPT. And I was like, God, I should have copied because it was all my original context, right? So I'm like, I should have copied and paid what I was inputting to get the output I wanted and stuff. So I really, I treat it, one, as a as a, I don't know, kind of like this learning assistant and refinement of ideas. But, you know, the coding piece of it, like, I'm not a coder, um, but I do love no-code tools. So I think there's some really unique ideas when you can come up with something that solves a problem and can you create a solution with it for your audience no exactly
1: and for me what i like it for is it can um, almost act like a project manager and keep you on task like these are the steps Mm -hmm. do this and this and this and maybe actually complete something so it'll force you to do it if you do those steps and then you can say i'm on step one now what do i do you know it'll show Mm -hmm. you how to do it um So it it keeps me on task and getting things done, which is what I like, especially if you're working remotely or by yourself. A lot of times, I think it's a good thing to have. Um, And that, that part can be very useful. Uh, The API version of it is neat too. If you've ever used the personas and like you can build, get them talking to each other. And I think you'll start seeing a lot more of that in the future where you can actually get them to write things in different perspectives or do whatever, and each kind of role will be different for the AI bots doing it, and that makes a better result if you can use that. And ChatGPT natively doesn't have that, so you have Mm -hmm. to be, I think at this point, you kind of have to be a bit of a coder to do that if you go on like GitHub, but you can use some of the tools with the API. But to be honest, like, they're kind of expensive because they keep talking to each other, draining all the bandwidth of it.
0: It's like, oh, I just spent
1: 50 bucks and, like, I built something kind of that doesn't really work. But, you know, you have to um, let it do that. It's interesting what it can do, but it's not – I don't think it's quite there yet for for using it in that way.
0: But it's a little bit nuts when you look at how much better – in like six months, everything has gotten already like, it is, I mean, look, look, like you look at the, um, you know, all the AI generated images last fall versus today. And it's like, what? How quickly, right? It is, it's all shifting. But um, and it it seems to me, which it's so funny, because just when I think, well, how is this, this tool or this app or whatever, going to integrate AI, they come up with a a use case for it. And it seems like, everything just has AI built into it. And, you know, so to a certain point, that starts getting a little bit overwhelming, too, like, when we were talking about simplifying stuff, you know, like, I don't know, like, I use rank math in my WordPress site. And I'm like, oh, for the love of God, I don't need rank maths AI, because all of my content, podcasts, email, it's me, I write that all out. I don't ever use it for just content. But it's like, can I turn this off? I don't want even want to see it like or don't grade my SEO, which again, I take that with a grain of salt because I didn't use your AI tool. Some of that kind of stuff. um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about so many of these tools and platforms automatically incorporating AI? Do you think it's necessary? Do you think, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of companies are doing it because they know they have to. So they're just saying AI Mm -hmm. blank, we do this. And it's not really for a user endpoint. And I think, Mm -hmm. especially for big companies like they'll have a chat bot on their website and it doesn't answer the question you're looking for ever but it's just like they were required to put one on in the website especially for like airline tickets or something because obviously they don't have like if you're a coder you're not excited to work at an airline company i feel like if you're a shitty coder you're just like i'll get a job at, at an airline agent or company or whatever but like if you build a tool for them, it's not very good. It, it can barely, you know, tell you what your reservation number is. And then it's like, Oh, do you want to speak to a live agent? Eventually it's like, of course I do. So I think if you're doing it in that way, I mean, it's garbage, obviously. And I don't even know, I don't even know who wrote, wrote half of these tools because they're just, they're awful. So I think they could be good, but I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if, who's doing them. And like, it really depends <laughs> on the use case. I'm worried about that as a lot of agents, I find them not really replacing people at this point, And they're just not mm-hmm. answering the questions that they need to be doing. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I, I feel like I for kind of forgot what you were talking about
0: <laughs> actually. Well, I, well, I just, no, I mean, you, I, I totally get that. And it's funny. Cause I was actually on, I found this other, uh, social media, um, generator right like you put in your website and it pulls content and st- it's probably the best thing i've seen so far for that type of stuff but my qu- there was a there was a question about like you could set a schedule and i'm like you guys have one schedule option and i'm not posting to every platform at the same time every day like this is ridiculous so i went into they have a chat bot, and it literally says this is a person not a bot oh we'll, we'll be with you later we'll mm-hmm. be with you later i'm like could you just give me the support email, please? (laughs) You know, so on one hand, it's like this AI tool, but yet, even that was was not useful. So I I just think it's interesting where you see things that come out. And there is, if you want to add AI, that might be the next pricing tier. So it seems to also be a feature um, that they're adding on, you know, and sometimes I'm like, what, why is there AI in this? It's not necessary. (laughs) But because to your point, I think we were talking about use cases, right? It's like they haven't gotten clear on an actual beneficial use case for the end user, but they want to say they have that.
1: Well, yeah, so we're, we're getting a lot of that. I think there's a lot of cool stuff uh, coming out too. And it is daunting because you don't, you want to try all of it and none of it. And then again, coming back to my point is like, what did I do this week? It's like, it let's at least do create some content and maybe weave it weave AI into what I'm doing as opposed to worrying about the AI let's like maybe spend some time just like watching videos on AI and not actually using mm-hmm. the tool until I, I feel like I really need to for some reason yeah. you know what I mean like let's let's think of a need first as opposed to this is awesome like and then you use it and you're always disappointed that's what I find too like the promo videos for AI is amazing and then you use the tool and think to be honest, this is worse than the content I'm already producing. If it's worse than what you're already doing, but faster, that's not really a good tool, right? Like that's not the purpose of it. If it helps you create good stuff faster, that's great. If it's garbage, mm-hmm. but like you can do 10 times as much, is, is that good? And the answer of course is no, it's not good at all. And I, th- I think that's what happens a lot of times.
0: Yeah, well, and I do that too. There's because you know I share tools in my newsletter, and so it's like I'm always looking and curating, and I kind of have a little process. I have my coffee in the morning. I'm going through stuff, and I'm looking because even all the AI newsletters, they f- most of them feel just like carbon copies of the other ones. Same format, same everything. Um, but so unless I have a definitive use for it, which was the social media one, because that's just the bane of my existence, I think is repurposing my own content. But the social media one. I was super impressed. And then there's another one that does presentations called gamma.app. And I'm just like, holy it blows me away. And so those two are the only that I've spent time in, I'll come across them. And and then you look at stuff too. like, there's a lot of video tools that'll take and like repurpose this, but now Riverside has got that built in also. So that's where I'm getting excited is the stuff that I'm already using, if they're going to help me eliminate, something else and and make something that i'm doing quicker you know like i was paying for something else and i'm like oh i can get rid of that because i can use this so in those cases i think it's super helpful but yeah it's it can be a huge distraction or of course then you have all these youtube channels like here's how to make money with ai like we saw the onslaught you know right when everything came out of prompt packs and i'm like this is so unhelpful (laughs) Nobody needs a thousand prompts across <laughs> the board, but you made 29 bucks off somebody. So good on you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's hard
1: to know what to use it for. I agree. Repurposing, I think, uh, like if you have an article, obviously chat GPT and Dali could make an image and make turn that into a headline and, and basically make a post for your Facebook or whatever. That makes <laughs> sense in that use case because you're really just using what you already have. Or even this podcast, if somehow, uh, let's say this like Riverside transcribes our podcast, right? Right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that, could you make an article or like uh, draft me an article based on our conversations and organize it? Because obviously when you're having a conversation, half the stuff we're talking about wouldn't be good (laughs) enough for an article. Right. If you read the dialogue of it, it wouldn't be organized in the headlines. Like we're just going off in different directions and rants. And it's like, but if you did want to write an article, what would, could it be? Right. You could turn this Mm -hmm. into an article or at least an idea and that could help you do it. I see it being used in that way. So actually Mm -hmm. using what you did and then reframing it in different ways. And I like for me in lead slide, I could see using in the future once. Uh, you have a few um, uh, marketing funnels going that are somewhat successful. It could say like, oh, we've actually created you a template that you should use in this. And we think you'll increase your conversion rates or something like this. It'll give you suggestions based on what you did. And I think Mm -hmm. that would be useful. It's almost like it it does the analytics for you. And I think it could, and -hmm. it's not like you have to listen to it, but it could be suggested like campaigns to actually run. And like, oh, do you want to run a retargeting ad campaign with this? Oh, I didn't think about that. You know, your products are selling this way. And I think it can suggest the stuff to do without you having to do it yourself. And I think like analytics and everything can get super complicated, (laughs) like way over Mm -hmm. overly complicated. So I think that would be a good use case as well. So
0: with something like, so let's take lead slide and with, with, um, and I know this was like talking about possible use cases. Um, but in terms of like suggestions coming back from that, so basically you're saying you'll, you'll, it'll pull in data. Here's this funnel. This is where this funnel exists. And so based on current traffic, it'll make suggestions like, is that kind of what you're visualizing in terms of like, it could make suggestions of, you know, try this social campaign on Twitter for this or this carousel on LinkedIn or this Facebook ad campaign. Is that kind of what you mean?
1: For sure. It's like, these things are, these, uh, this is the content that is converting better on your site. Why don't you create more of that? It seems like you're going off on a tangent and just like present it in a very easy to read way. So I think Mm -hmm. it could do that. And I think it will do that eventually. And it's hard to know exactly what, or even maybe, you know, you did this and you made this content. Maybe you want to reach out to Kim Doyle or you want to reach out to these people and give mm-hmm. you five suggestions as opposed to like spamming a million people. Maybe it's like a few people that, you know, you might want to contact or something like that. I think yeah. it could be used in that way. Uh, that's how I would use it personally and would like it to be more personal. And more of like clear action items that I can do without having to do a million things or knowing a bunch of code, which it seems like most people don't want to learn to code anymore. Cause especially now it's going in a direction that you're not going to need to probably in like 10 years anyway. Yeah. It's hard to know. And, <clears throat> uh, and I think my background, like 20 years in WordPress and different stuff, you kind of were forced to know more, I think, before. And mm-hmm. I think it's getting less and less and less and less. So I think if, if you can do that automatically, that would be great.
0: You know, it's really interesting um, with when I look at the, the different tools and whatnot that I'm using. Um, and like, even so I'm about to launch a new theme for my site. And it, it's Cadence, which I love. And they just rolled out Cadence AI. I had already started working on it. But I mean, with the click of a button. You've got this beautiful theme with your brand colors, your voice, the photos it pulls in. And obviously, most people are not going to use it out of the the shoot, right? But it's like, when I think back, the first time I installed WordPress, I kid you not, I had the WordPress for dummies book, not a coder, right? And I was like, what the... This was before like the one-click installs with most of the hosts. I'm like, what is a root folder? What the hell is a root folder? I'd like, go get my neighbor who is in tech. And I'm like, can you please help me? I have no idea what... How do I know what a root folder is? you know and it was so challenging versus versus today but um you know with with the different tools and whatnot like do you have any tools that are okay so you use it a lot for code um and like everything you're saying with lead slide like i don't i don't know something else that is doing that uniquely either and especially when you think about all of the funnel building platforms like unless they're working on a behind the scenes i haven't seen that well coming into fruition as, as i said they
1: Well, no, but as I said right now, it's not doing all that. This is It's generic, but on purpose, so you can build it for a specific reason. But I'm saying that's why I want to do it that way. Because once you have Mm -hmm. that base, it's like, can I build some real stuff to actually make some money so I don't have to do it myself? Or it can at least aid me in a direction to do that for my business. And once Mm -hmm. I can do it for myself, of course, I would love to other people using it. And the more data you get, of course, then... It'll suggest more ideas based on that. I'm just yeah. saying that I think that'll be happening anyway, where if I do it or not, I think it's just obvious it, it will exist. So mm-hmm. whoever does it doesn't really matter. Yeah. There will be more of that. But also what I, the risk is for me is like, I don't want to have that a platform when it's only advertisements, which keep increasing in costs. I, I want to do that for email and have it all in one platform that I can build a simple strategy. And just Mm -hmm. do that in an easy way. But again, that's more of a personal preference. I think everyone, you know, there's so many different ways to run a business online. But in general, Mm -hmm. I find the simpler ones are the ones I like and I gravitate towards. And it just makes me feel better. I mean, partly now it's like I'm doing some projects just because like I want to do them and I think I'd like it. I'd Mm -hmm. feel better about myself if I did them. Do I think it's the best strategy for money? Maybe not. Do I think, Uh, I could have sanity. Yes, I do. And build a life doing it that way. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's kind of a different perspective. I've always bootstrapped my businesses as well, no funding. And so it's a different way of running it. And if you're designing your life more and doing it that way. So I think anybody who has like this type of business, like I do and probably you do you're designing a life as much as you are designing a business you know, it's kind of all together.
0: Ideally, like the life part comes first. That's where I'm at at this stage in my life. And so, you know, I was listening to a, a podcast interview with Noah Kagan. He's got a book out. And like he asked this question of what's your freedom number? And like, really, like what what do you want your life to look like? And, and what do you need financially to do that? And it is true. Like simplifying things makes it so much easier to, to get rid of all this extraneous stuff. Um, you know, and you start thinking about... It's fascinating to me because we have all these companies, email service providers or, you know, ClickFunnels, you know, all these different big tools and stuff. And like I had a call with a gal last week even and she was wanting to start to write. And and when she told me what her objectives were, I'm like, I think WordPress is overkill. I'm like, start writing on Medium and set up a ghost site like quickly. It's, you know, like WordPress, even though it's gotten way easier than it was, but I'm like there's a different learning curve. And if your objective is not to build out a site with all of this stuff that you just want to write, start writing on Medium, because that's where readers are, you, you can deal with canonical URLs and publish on your own site. But I'm like, keep it simple. So I, I feel like there's a lot of people that have been in the space, I should say that are in internet marketing, their creators, whatever, that are leaning towards simplifying because they realize it's like all of a sudden, are you familiar with Vanessa Lau? Have you ever heard of her? She so just I just watched her, she shut her business down a year ago. And she was she I think she'd gotten to like 8 million or something with, you know, and just it took on this monstrous life of its own. And she's like, I wasn't myself, I was overwhelmed, I wasn't enjoying my life. And not even, you know, maybe she's 30 now. But you know, it's very easy to get caught up in needing to do more, have more, be more. And I feel that people that have had a smidge of that are like, for what? For what? You end up creating a job for yourself. So the simplicity angle that you're coming from, Addison, I think is huge. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of
1: people. I hope so there, Kim. And we'll see what happens. But I think it's also, again, when you have a few decades of experience under your belt, I think Mm -hmm. if you came into the game now and you didn't know what to do, it'd be very overwhelming and confusing (sighs) because there's so many things and so many theories and you know just I don't even know I, I I mean it's hard to even know what I would think I just know it'd mm-hmm. be very difficult because as you said you started off with like the WordPress chick too right mm-hmm. and got traffic yeah. just by putting something up there and you could just do that what more I was learning. back then you just do it right and it was there mm-hmm. and that was the cool part but if you if you did that now and you didn't with that strategy, it wouldn't work at all. You know what I mean. Being mm-hmm. the WordPress chick in two thousand twenty four for you, like a version of you that was brought up, you know, now wouldn't work in the same way no. if you did it in yeah. the same, um, in exactly the same strategy. But having said that, I don't think you're going to be on TikTok and be doing dances and stuff like this either, are you, Kim? Like that's my guess. No, it,
0: <laughs> well, completely. And the funny thing is, like, I've repurposed stuff on TikTok, but even TikTok will show you, I believe their algorithm is like, we're going to show, we're going to show your stuff based on what you watch. And I'm like, well, that's horseshit because I like watching a ton of things. Right. And honestly, I think my most viewed video on TikTok because it's mostly repurposed stuff was of me driving through a river in Costa Rica. It's called the monkey trail. And it's the path, the shortest path to get to Liberia airport. And I, I, I felt, fi- that's probably the, mo- I'm like, what does that do to my business? Nothing other than sharing, you know? So to your point, you're right. I'm like, I know what I want to do and I'm just going to stick, you know, stick to my wheelhouse. But, um, yeah, I could talk to you all day, Addison. Where is, this has been a blast. Where's the best place for people to connect with you, um, and find out more about lead slide.
1: Well, you can go to Leadslide.com, and I think there's a contact form there and just shoot mm-hmm. me an email or sign up. It's a free trial. Um, And, but you can actually contact me. It's funny, a few people recently signed up, and I tried to say, I'm literally the founder. Um, I'm emailing you directly. This is not a bot. Uh, Please let me know what you think. And no one ever replies because I think they think it's a bot. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. if I do that, we literally don't have the email even in place yet. This is me. If I'm contacting you, that means it's a direct mail at this point. So if you do that, you'll get real engagement. And I think that would be the difference between signing up for. You know, one of the more established uh, marketing platforms. You'll actually be talking to me if you want to. I don't know if that's a positive, but if it is, feel free to do so.
0: (laughs) Well, how about the fact that even some of the big platforms, you're like, you know, good luck actually getting support with some. Sometimes it blows me away. I'm like, how much money do you make, and you cannot nail your support? Come on, guys. You know, (laughs) but what do I know? Um. Anyways, this has been a blast, Addison. Thank you for your patience, and I really appreciate you reaching out. I I miss this, you know, this piece when I think back to what blew up, my brand blew up, you know, not like it was viral, but the WordPress chick, it was the connections. It was absolutely 100% the connections and the relationships. And so um, I love that that's a huge focus for you. So thank you. I, I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thanks a lot, Kim. It was a great time to be here.